0: amen. It was worth every effort getting here today. Praise God. I could have curled up and said, you know what? I'm just, I, 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 I'll am just, I'm, be there tonight, but I'm thankful in the morning. I'm thankful I'm in the house of God here today. Praise God. I feel his touch in this place. Amen. Amen. I feel his goodness in the house of the Lord today. So I'm going to do my very, very best. It's good to see everybody. And I want to tell you, it's not happenstance that you are here today. Amen. God's got something for you today in the house of God. Praise God. If you would stand together with me, turn to Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23. We will read verse uh, number 29 through verse 31. And while you're turning there, I want to reiterate some of the things that were announced tomorrow night, uh, Monday night. We're calling this connection with an ex connection with an X because X marks the spot and the spot is here. And so it's going to be a year of connection and fellowship. And so it's an opportunity to, to invite people. We're going to have prayer and then everybody should come. So I, I'm, I'm already in the ministry. Come anyway, support every ministry that you can. Let's have a great time of a, we called it at one point, a church fair. We're calling it serving together. So there's going to be stuff set up, and there's going to be refreshments and fellowship and prayer, and so that's exciting. Thank God for people that have stepped out and said, we want to do something amazing this year. And so every Monday there's going to be different things that happen all over the property for everybody, and it gives us an opportunity to invite people that are coming and growing. Amen. So don't forget that along with all the other announcements that are taking place this week. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse number 29. Is not my word like as a fire? Everyone say fire. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord? And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Everyone say hammer. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets saith the Lord that steal my words everyone from his neighbor behold I am against the prophets saith the Lord that use their tongues and say he saith they're prophesying about things and saying it's the Lord that is saying it it's not the Lord saying it they're the ones saying it and the Lord said my word is like a hammer that breaketh a rock In pieces. And for a few moments here this morning, I want to preach to you the hammer. The hammer. His word is like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. The hammer. The word of God is able to do an amazing thing in our life. It's able to break up some things in our life and open up a way for the Lord to come in and bring to us strength and anointing. Lord, we thank you and praise you. We worship you. We honor you. We ask that you would direct us in the house of God today, and we give to you praise. We feel your anointing and your strength and your touch in this house. Help us to open our minds, our hearts, our ears to receive of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Can be seated? Praise God. Amen. The hammer. This is the weeping prophet. He was known as the weeping prophet. This is the prophet Jeremiah. And he is a prophet to Judah. You know that there was a divided kingdom. There was a divided kingdom between the ten tribes to the north called Israel and the two tribes in the south called Judah. And Jeremiah was a prophet to the two tribes in the south called Judah. The northern tribes were carried off into Assyrian captivity and resettled. Assyrians were resettled in the land in 722 B.C. and that resettling caused another group of people to arise called the Samaritans. Samaritans and the Jews did not have good relationships. And Jesus coming uh, met the woman of Samaria at the well. And there was confusion on her part about why he was talking to her because she was a Samaritan. So in the north, you had those northern tribes They were resettled in 722. They fell to the Assyrians because of their worship to idols. They backslid. They became cold. They started worshiping uh, synchristically, merging idolatry and worship of Baal into worship of God. There became a lot of confusion And so they fell. But for a period of time, there were two tribes in the south called Judah. And they remained faithful until 586. And it was then that they fell to the Babylonians. And they were carried off into Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. And he was a prophet right up to the fall of Babylon. And he addressed the most harmful causes of Judah's sordid failure, and that was they were listening to false prophets. They seemed effective while true prophets struggled for an audience. There were prophets that were prophesying that seemed effective, and yet true prophets like Jeremiah struggled to even gather an audience. Their popularity, these false prophets came to those who told the people what they wanted to hear. And yet there would, no, there would be nobody that would gather together when the prophet Jeremiah would prophesy truly what God wanted to say. They were frauds that scattered and dashed the flock into pieces. And the prophets that were prophesying falsehoods were adulterers. They were prophesying lies. There were priests who were profaning in the house of God. They lied. They strengthened the hand of evildoers. And they sunk to the very lowest level of humanity. They were idol worshipers. They rejected God. And there was one prophet by the name of Jeremiah who was not very popular that was still proclaiming the word of God. And so because of that, there were some questions that God had in Jeremiah chapter number 23. And God started asking some questions. He said, am I a God who is only close at hand? No, I am far away at the same time. I'm everywhere. I'm not just close at hand, but I'm also far away. He said in verse number 24, can anyone hide from me? In a secret place, question mark. Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth, says the Lord. I have heard these prophets say, listen to the dream I had from God last night. And then they proceed to tell lies in my name. Question, how long will this go on? If they are prophets, they are prophets of deceit inventing everything they say by telling these false dreams they are trying to get my people to forget me just as their ancestors did by worshiping the idols of Baal let these false prophets tell their dreams but let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every word there is a difference between straw and And grain. And then he said, My word is like a fire, and my word is like a hammer that breaketh the rock into pieces. God was upset because there were false prophets telling their dreams, but it wasn't the Word of God. I want to say by way of introduction here today, we need a message that comes from God, not something that comes from personal opinion. (laughs) Personal opinion may be popular, but personal opinion is not the truth. The truth is going to come from the Word of God. Thank you. God, for a truth that comes from the word of God and not opinion. Please God, somebody clap your hands here this morning. There's a lot of opinions that are in the world today. I want to know here today, is there anybody that's pursuing the truth that would say, I'll stand with the wise man that said, buy the truth and sell it not because it's what's going to save me. Opinion's not going to save you, but the Word of God is going to save you. And the Word of God says, My Word is like a hammer that can break the rocks into pieces. That's the kind of power I want to, that is directed into my life. I want something that's going to break some things, break through some things. If you need a breakthrough in the house of God this morning, you can get it. Why? Because there's a word of God that is like a hammer that can break in pieces the rocks that stand in the way. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so the pro. False prophets were giving their own dreams and their own opinions. And the poor guy by the name of Jeremiah, that cursed the day that he was born because he was a man alone. He was prophesying in a culture in which everybody else was very successful because they were drawing the crowds. But it was their own opinions and it was not the truth. And God says in this passage, there is a difference between the chaff and the wheat. What's the difference? The difference is you got to remove the wheat from the chaff. you got to break away that which is unuseful so that you can use that which is youthful. And so the chaff is something that you have to winnow. They, in ancient times, they winnowed. They would take a, a four corners of a sheet. they would put the grain in it, they would get in an elevated place where the wind was blowing. And they would flip it up into the air. And when they flipped it up into the air, the grain would fall back. But the chaff, the stuff that you didn't want mixed in, it would blow away. God said there's a difference between false prophets and the prophet. It is like the chaff and the grain. Amen. Praise God. I I, I need to say this again. I I don't want to belabor this point. But I need to say it again. We need to make sure that the word of God is what is directing us and not the opinions and popular opinions of the world and religion because many times the opinions of religion is not what is going to save you. The church is not a place of entertainment. The church is a place of truth where it is preached, where it is delivered and where people worship the one true living God. We don't need to be worshiping false idols. We don't need to be worshiping the bales of our world but God help us have a love for the truth. Help us to fall in love with that which saves us hallelujah if you're thankful for that why don't you clap your hands and thank God together amen his word is able to break into pieces the hardened rock of resistance Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12 says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is nothing more powerful than the word of God. It is able to penetrate into the very core of who we are. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Praise God. It is a sharp two-edged sword. It is quick. It can speak in quickness to things that come your way. We need the word of God. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 31. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. I need a word that is bold. I need a word that is sharp. I need a word that is quick. I need a word that is like a hammer that is able to break the rocks into pieces. I don't want something that is limited. I want something that is powerful. I don't want something that is anemic. I want something that is full of strength and anointing and the word of God is able to do that. The word of God is able to do that because it's like a hammer. It's like a hammer. You look in scripture and you find some examples of resistance and rocks of resistance and how that God is able to break that which is hardened, which is calcified, which is like a rock. We look in Exodus chapter number 17 and we see the children of Israel are coming out of Egypt. God is leading them out of bondage and he's bringing them to a promised land, and they are journeying in the wilderness. And so they are journeying, and they pitch their tents in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink, and so the people started chiding with Moses. They started complaining, and they said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide you with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and they murmured against Moses, And they said, you brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst. They started complaining very, very quickly. And Moses cried unto the Lord. And he said, what shall I do with this people? He didn't have an answer. They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, go before the people. I'm going to give you a word. And take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod wherewith before the people. And I want you to say to them. That God is going to do a work. And I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. And thou shalt smite the rock. And there shall come water out of it. And the people may drink. So Moses did in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah. Because of the chiding of the children of Israel. And because they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us? Or not. And so Moses struck the rock, and water came out of the rock. The name Massa means put to the test, and the name Meribah means a place of strife. The word of God is like a hammer against the period of testing in our life. And it's also like a hammer against the place of strife in our life. Moses found himself in a compromising position where the people said, You have brought us out of Egypt and you're going to kill us out in this wasteland because of thirst. Moses didn't know what to do. It was a place where he was put to the test, he said, God, I don't have an answer. And God said, I'm going to give you a word and I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do. You need to strike the rock and waters coming out of it. When you're in a period of testing, you need the word of the Lord that operates like a hammer, that is able to break up the DNA of what a rock is. It is able to break into pieces. And so when I'm in a period of testing, I need to rely on the word of God to help me through I've been through some pretty rough times but God has always been faithful and his word has always come to me in power and an authority like a hammer to get me through periods of testing anybody been through a period of testing where it seems like everything is arrayed against you how are you going to get through that you're going to get through it by the power that comes through the word of God I want to preach to you here today that if you're going through a struggle and there's a period of testing don't give up don't give in but turn to the word of God amen Amen. if you're in a period of strife And there's difficulties in your life and it feels like everything is upside down and there's a lot of discord and disunity. What's going to get you out of that? Go back to the Word of God and let the Word of God direct you. Go back to the Word of God and let the Word of God hammer on the discord and hammer on the strife. Praise God. I don't have an answer yet, but I'm going to let the Word of God continue to be a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. Whether it's a test or whether it's in a difficulty and strife. I'm going to trust in the word of God. My confidence is not within myself. It is in the power of God as a hammer to break into pieces that which stands in my way. You need to plow through strife and you need to plow through the moments of testing with a confidence that God's going to walk with you. He's going to give you the words to say. He's going to go before you. You're going to make it through those difficult times hallelujah anybody in a period of testing why don't you just be honest and wave your hand here this morning when God hallelujah comes to you in moments of testing it's his word that's going to help you and strengthen you amen when you're in a period of strife it's the word of God that you need not your own personal opinion (laughs) and not the opinion of others It's the word of God that you need. The word of God speaks clearly and truly. We find this happening in Moses' life. In the first occasion, the word of God spoke to him. He smote the rock and out of the rock came water. God was able to smash the very DNA of what a rock is supposed to do. A rock is just supposed to be an inanimate object that does nothing. But God has the ability to break the very DNA of creation, and out of the rock comes water because of the word of God. We find another circumstance, though, in Moses' life where once again he is put to the test, and once again he is in a place of strife, and that is numbers. And in numbers, the children of Israel at a later point, Miriam has died, they come to a place. There's no water. They're in the desert. In Kadesh, there is no water for the congregation. They gathered themselves against Moses and Aaron. And the people again started chiding with Moses and saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? Same complaints. And wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It's not a place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates. (laughs) Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle. And they fell on their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, here again is God speaking to Moses, take your rod. Gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak you unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. Moses took the rock, or took the rod, before the Lord as he commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, Because you believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah. Because the children of Israel strove with the Lord and he was sanctified in them. Fascinating passage of scripture again. Sometimes people say that Moses did not enter into the land because he struck the rock twice. It had nothing to do with striking the rock. In the first occasion, he did strike the rock because God told him to strike the rock. And he struck the rock and water came out. And in this occasion, God said, speak to the rock. And water will come out of the rock. And Moses, because he was so frustrated, (laughs) he allowed his own opinion to take the place of what God told him to do. And so out of his frustration and out of his anger, he strikes the rock twice. And God still makes a commitment to him that water is going to come out of a rock. But Moses, because it's been your own action and not the word of God, bringing forth out of the rock, you're not going to enter into the promised land. What is the point in those two passages of Scripture? The Word of God is important. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God can break the rock into pieces, and it's more powerful than personal opinions and the actions of others, even if it's Moses himself. you got to let the Word of God speak to your situation. Sometimes it can be frustrating if you're just listening to everybody else because everybody else is going to have an opinion about your situation. I'm here to convince you today in the house of God. You might listen to an opinion, but don't take that as Scripture. Don't take that as the Word. you got to go to the Word of God and the Scripture and say, God, I need an answer, and I'm not going to get an answer from just anybody. I need an answer from the Word of God. I need an answer from the Word of God. We also find in the scripture the walls of Jericho that were massive stone walls. They were surrounding an ancient settlement. These walls were 13 feet in height and backed by a watchtower that was 28 feet tall that was intended to protect the settlement and its water supply from human intruders. there, there was before this time weapons of the hunt that had been used for centuries. There were other weaponry that, was, that has been discovered. But the walls of Jericho represented the earliest technology uncovered by archaeologists that can be ascribed unequivocally to purely military purposes. They built these walls, this fortress, to keep intruders from coming in. And they were built out of massive stones. And when the children of Israel are coming up out of Egypt and they're making their way into the promised land and they have crossed the Jordan River, the first thing that they meet is a fortress that stands in their way. They sent spies out and the spies came back. And eight of them said, we're too small. We can't do it. The walls are too big. We're grasshoppers. We can't do it, but Caleb and Joshua said, we are well able to take the land. And because of unbelief, they wandered around for 40 years in the wilderness until that generation died off. With the exception of Joshua and Caleb that said, we are well able. So now they have crossed the Jordan River and they're making their way into the promised land. And they find themselves up against a fortress, walls of resistance that stand in their way. And the word of the Lord comes forth and says, we're going to do this in an unconventional way. We're not going to do this in any other way than we're going to walk around the walls every day, one time a day, but on the Sabbath. Seventh day, we're going to walk around the wall seven times, and at the end of the seventh time, we are going to blow the ram's horn, and we're going to blow the trumpet, and then we are going to shout with a loud voice, and when we do, God, whose word is like a hammer that can break every stone, these walls that are standing before you are going to come down. There were doubters that said it's no way possible, and they died in the wilderness. But there were two individuals that said God is able to do a work as long as it comes from his mouth. He is able to do a work, and the walls fell. The walls fell, walls of stone. Praise God, the word is a hammer. There is no wall that is tall enough That can stop the word of God in your life from them coming down. You say, Well, Pastor, you don't understand the obstruction and the wall that is before me. I'm telling you the word of God, if the word of God says it and speaks it and it comes to the word of God, that is like a hammer that can break the stones, the word of God can tear down every wall that is standing in your way. Praise God. You say, I got a lot of things in front of me. God is bigger than any wall that stands in your way. You say there's a lot of resistance that I just can't seem to get over. I'm telling you the word of God is greater than any resistance. You say my addictions are too great. I'm here to tell you there is a word of God that is greater than any addiction, every resistance, any wall. Because his word is like a hammer that can break through. I need a witness in the house of God here today. I need somebody to stir up the atmosphere in this place and build some faith to somebody that no matter what stands in your way, there is a God that is greater. Hallelujah. Why don't we clap our hands? Matter of fact, it would be good if we stood to our feet. Hallelujah. There have been, you've got a testimony here tonight. There's some things that were so high, but God tore down everything in your way. Through his word. Praise God through his word. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated for a few more minutes. His word is like a hammer. Walls of stone, there's no wall tall enough. We see in these examples in the Old Testament how God's word is able to change the very creation of a rock. A rock does nothing, it's a stone. And yet God was able, in two occasions with Moses, bring water out of a rock. Praise God. And then we see an example of walls made out of stone that he is able to remove. Amen. I want to tell you here today, I don't want to be a rock when it comes to worship. I don't want to sit like a stone. (laughs) One particular place said, you're lively stones. Meaning that our, so what that means is our natural inclination is to be a stone when it comes to worshiping God. But the writer said, you're lively stones because God has changed the dynamic of what a stone is. Praise God. Amen. Before you ever came to God, you might not have had much to offer, but when God does something amazing in your life, he turns the stony situation in your life into something that is lively and out of what seems to be nothing that speaks or nothing that accomplishes or nothing that moves. There is movement that comes out of your life because you are a lively stone. In one particular case, there were people, that said, would you tell your disciples to be quiet and stop all of this nonsense? And Jesus said, if these keep quiet, the rocks will immediately cry out. I'm not going to let a rock stand in my way and become that which God forces to worship him. I've got a choice. I've got an ability. I can worship God and praise God because I'm a lively stone. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. But there is nothing, there is nothing in the Old Testament and there's nothing in inanimate objects in the Old Testament that you can find as illustrations that is as tough as the stony heart. Because the stony heart is the most difficult. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In Matthew chapter 15, verse number 19, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. It's the heart. The heart can become calcified and hardened that it's very difficult for anything to break through and break up that which is so resistant. This is one of the reasons why in the Old Testament, Ezekiel prophesied about a future day in which something would change. And in verse number 26 of chapter 36, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. What is going to break through? The stony heart, it's going to be the word of God that is able to break through. It's going to be the word of God that breaks through the hardness and breaks up the hardness and busts through the calcified hurt. Sometimes people can get hurt and all of a sudden they end up with a stony heart and there is nothing that can break through. Praise God. Many times before people ever come to God, there's there's a lot of things that have happened in their life that causes them to say things like, I'll never trust anybody again. And they bring themselves before God with this situation. It's very difficult for God to penetrate. Sometimes the hurt piles so very, very high. This is one of the reasons why never give up. As long as somebody's coming to church, God's, it's like a hammer. God's doing a work. God's doing a work. They may not Move. It doesn't seem like they're even worshiping, but they're still coming. You know what's happening? The hammer. The hammer's breaking up some stuff. And then it's, I know what I'm talking about because I've seen it. I've seen it right there. I saw somebody sit sit in the back, 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 sit in the back. But every time they were sitting in the back, there was a hammer that was breaking up some hurt. Praise God. There was a hammer breaking up the rocks. And then all of a sudden, God filled them with the Holy Ghost right there because God Broke into pieces that which was so difficult and so resistant. Hallelujah. So, the rock that can be so calcified and so resistant, there's a hammer that keeps breaking through. Hammer that keeps breaking through. So, when you enter into the New Testament, it's not a rock and it's not walls, it is a spiritual condition and an emotional condition of a heart that can get so hard. And the prophet said, there's coming a day. One of the reasons why there was such a struggle in the Old Testament between God and the people is because their heart became very, very hardened. And when your heart becomes hardened, you start looking around for other gods to worship. And so they started looking around at Baal and Ashtoreth and all kinds of false idols and worship, and they they were led astray and their heart got into a position that they hated anything that had to do with God. Even to the point where you had a prophet by the name of Jeremiah. That's the only guy that's got the word of God. And nobody's coming out to listen to him. But there's a big crowd over there. Because prophets are giving their own dreams and their own opinions. And everybody is gathering together. And it's in such a state that the northern tribes get carried off into captivity and the southern tribes get carried off into captivity. There's a message in that if your heart gets hardened, you're going to get carried off in captivity to something. I would rather let the word of God speak into my heart and life like a hammer and break up the pieces in my life and be saved than to worship idolatry and to be lost. Praise God. We need the truth to come to us. We need the truth to set us free. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I thank God for liberty in the house of God today. I'm not bound. I'm not restricted. I'm not limited. God has poured into my life freedom and liberty, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. So the heart becomes the place that is so difficult to overcome. As musicians come this morning, Brother Nate read my scripture that was my third point in the heart and Jesus' response, so we're going to get to read it again. (laughs) In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is led of the spirit into the wilderness and he's tempted of the devil. He's hungry. He's fasted. And the tempter comes and said, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And Jesus responded, Using the word, My word is like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. So Jesus comes back at the tempter with his word. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. devil takes him to the pinnacle, sets him on the pinnacle of the temple, and says, if you're the son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone, and Jesus, using the word as a hammer, said it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, and the last time The devil takes him into an exceeding high mountain, shows him the kingdoms of this world, the glory of them, and says, I'll give all these things to you if you'll fall down and worship me. And Jesus, using the word as a hammer, says, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The devil comes at first, and he appeals through the appetites command these stones to be made bread because you're hungry. The devil will come at you through the appetites of humanity. And there's a lot of appetites. We hunger, we lust, pride. There's a lot of appetites from our own carnality that the enemy will appeal to. He'll appeal to those appetites. And they're very, very strong persuasions. How are you going to overcome When the enemy appeals to your appetites. We live in a society that says if it feels good, do it. It's a very hedonistic thing. That there's no boundaries. There's no need for any of those things. There's no need for any rules. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, it matters a whole lot. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because when you follow after your own appetites, at some point, you're going to end realizing you've been sold a bill of goods so he appeals to every appetite but Jesus uses the word as a hammer and says I'm gonna hammer through my appetites when my flesh wants something and I want it the word of god is going to hammer through those difficulties and that temptation man i feel the holy ghost i feel the holy ghost right there because that is where the rubber meets the road we struggle with some things and there's some there's some wild things that come into our mind and our imagination and we wonder where in the world did that come from the word comes forth and it breaks through the appetite that is trying to destroy us and the word saves us and brings strength to us it's the word that pushes through the appetites. The second temptation was temptations. The second temptation is cast yourself down. The angels will give charge over you. They'll bear you up. When temptation comes my way, difficulties come my way, the word is like a hammer that plows through and breaks up the temptations. God. And then lastly, he appeals to lust for power and fame and false worship. Come on, Jesus. I'll set you up in a place of prominence and power and worship. I'll set you in a place in which everybody will give allegiance to you. And Jesus says, no, I'm going to plow through that by saying Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Hammer through the power and the fame and false worship. The word of God is going to help me plow through that. I'm going to worship him, and I'm going to serve him and him alone. Amen. We need to stand to our feet here today in the house of God. We need to follow after the words of Jesus in conclusion today that worshiping the Lord your God is what breaks up the rocks there's no rock, there's no walls and there's no fortress you can stand in the way because the word of God is able to break through, I wonder today amen, is if we could take up the words of Jesus here today as he said to the enemy, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Did you come to serve him today? Hallelujah. Did you come to worship him today? In conclusion, here in the house of God, I wonder if we could lift up our hands and say, God, your word is like a hammer that breaks through every obstacle, every resistance.
1: An I'm standing before God of the bond today,
0: to give you worship more than we
1: prayer. ask or think. Praise God. Come Lord, on, let's worship. You your name is powerful, your words unstoppable.
0: up your voice. Praise God. I love you, Lord. Praise God. Come on. That's it. Don't be ashamed. Lord, I'm worshiping you in the house of God today. I'm serving you in the house of God today.
1: Your word
0: is like a hammer. It's like a hammer that breaks up every resistance. Praise God. Come on, if you're going to break through some things, it's going to be through your worship and your praise before God.
1: Hallelujah. Break through
0: every wall that stands in the way, every resistance that stands in the way. I'm trusting you. Okay, Pastor, we're ready to go to lunch, kind of altar thing. So we got to take it to another level. There's some things that have been pressing up against you that you've been struggling with. There are temptations and difficulties that you've been struggling with. And I'm preaching to you today, the strength that you need is exactly the same as Jesus gave to the enemy when he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. You got to say, get thee behind me, Satan, and you got to speak the world, the word, into some of the things that you're fighting with. Praise God. The reason why you can't get your hands up is because there's resistance and there's trouble and there's things coming your way. There are rocks of resistance that are building up. You can't let them build up to the point that they overwhelm you. I said, you can't let them build up to where they overwhelm you and choke off your praise and choke off your worship. If that happens, you're in trouble. I'm encouraging you today. You need to step out of a pew and say, man, I know I've got some struggles and difficulties. I've been battling some things, but God, I'm coming to you today. I want your word to be a hammer. Praise God before they sing again. You need to step out of the pew where you are and say, God, I'm struggling, but I'm coming before you today. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you, even if I don't feel it, because the word of God is able to break through some things. Come on, as close as you can to the front. Don't stand in the aisle. Get as close as you can. Lift your hands and say, God, you see exactly what I'm facing and the things that would try to destroy me. And there's a resistance that is coming against me. But your word, your word is more powerful. Your word is greater. Your word has the ability. Praise God. Come on, church, let's join together here right now. Let's worship him. Let's praise him. Let's magnify him. Let's lift him up. That's it, that's it, that's it. You're gonna feel something. You're gonna feel the power of the word.
1: You're gonna feel the strength of the word.
0: Throw your hands in the air and give Him worship and give Him praise.